Hey, this is Carson, and this is Slow Club Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in at this episode. So guys, on this episode, I'm going to talk about interpreting your life and the importance of learning to interpret your life through the lens of the Lord. Okay, so interpreting your life. So guys, um, first off, I just wanted to say I appreciate some of your all's good feedback from the past few episodes, and uh, that just really helps me to know what to do going forward and what people enjoy um, hearing on Slow Club Podcast, and then I can try to bring that together with uh, my gifts and passions as much as I can. So I really uh, appreciate you guys um, for giving that feedback. So thank you. So this this is going to be kind of like getting into some stuff that I've been working with lately and that the Lord has been speaking to me. And I really hope that it blesses you. And I hope that it helps shed light on your spiritual journey. Um, and so let's jump right in. So I, I spoke a few episodes ago about needing to have a way of seeing a lens to see the world. Following Jesus, receiving his eyes gives us this kind of lens to see the world as God sees the world offers many ways to interpret life, but which interpretation we accept and put our trust in can make all the difference. In this episode, I unpack a recent event in my life and some of the major themes God has been speaking into. I hope this serves to help each of you examine your own life and learn to interpret your life through the lens of our loving Father. So that's just a little introduction to the topic. Um, And so the first thing I wanted to open up with is by talking about interpretation of your life and how that compares to scripture. So anybody, you know, if you've done a study of a topic or a book, um, or maybe you've been, you know, in an English class or whatever it is, uh, or, you know, learn about history, there are always numerous ways to interpret um, a text or interpret an event in your life. Um, And I think, well, interpret a text or an event in history, not your life. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, And I think that's helpful to think about. And and I just wanted to compare this to scripture um, that in the same way that your life is a story, you know, like each of us are living a story uh, each person you meet has a story. Each you know person you meet is also living one. Um, that we we are people that have a history. We have a story. We have a background um, that comes with us. And Scripture is a narrative story. You know, if you read the Bible, then you will see multiple types of stories. Um, multiple formats, but if you read the Bible as a whole and you really seek to understand it in that perspective, it is an overarching story, a narrative about who God is, um, who we are as people, and what God's heart is, what um, He's doing about the suffering and brokenness in the world, and um, and then we also see the Lord. Uh, reveal his plans and his desire for redemption and restoration of all things. So scripture is a narrative story in the same way that your life is a narrative story. 
Um, and so just as with scripture, how you interpret certain passages really affects the way that you live, right? If you're a faithful Christian, you're going to want to live in accordance to, you know, what the scriptures are saying and interpreting them properly. Uh, but in the same way, how you interpret different events in your life can also um, shape how you live. And we're going to get into some examples of that. But I think it's helpful to process and, you know, understand that um, having proper understanding of the scripture and interpretation is very important. And I certainly support that. But I would also say, as Christians, we need to develop the proper understanding of um, how to interpret our own lives, how to interpret when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, how to interpret decisions, how to um, process grief. All those things are are um, things that we want to develop. And in my experience, it is extremely helpful to have someone outside of yourself, and obviously that's God. Um, he is both outside and inside in a sense, you know, in the Holy Spirit. But it's also helpful to have a spiritual director or a mentor, someone in your life who can um, help you interpret different challenges you may be having. So um, I would encourage you to seek that out if you do not have that. Um, and don't be afraid to ask someone um, because I think most, most people are prepared to receive someone, especially if you've noticed great spiritual wisdom in their life. Um, and so <clears throat> kind of moving on from that is, so the Holy Spirit's invitation to me lately, and I believe I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, just offhand, that the Holy Spirit's invitation has been, bring me your disappointments. And me being Jesus, bring my disappointments to Jesus. And even just sitting here saying that, it's somewhat hard to hear um, because I think a lot of times when we're wounded, we want to cling to the pain of the wound. Uh, it's like my my little girl, my daughter, um, she's been sick the past few days and we think she's getting better, but she's still clinging to us um, because she's, uh, you know, clinging to that um, needing us to take care of her. Um, but it's, it's also a, a reminder of, um, you know, sometimes we cling to our illness. I know for me, I, um, you know, times I've been sick, I can sometimes mope around an extra day or, or several days when I'm really not that sick. Um, and I just mope around and it's good to let those things go. And so the Holy Spirit has been inviting me to bring my disappointments to Jesus. And you might be wondering, what disappointments do I have? Well, it turns out I've got a lot. And, you know, I've done a lot of discernment in this. That's disappointments come sometimes from a wrong expectation, you know. Um, you know, you're expecting something to go really well. Or you're expecting um, someone to be of good character or expecting this or that. And that's one way. But I also think disappointments are just part of life. And unprocessed disappointment can be extremely painful because it just feels like a, it's like a, like a big sigh almost of like disappointment. Um, and so some of my disappointments include, you know, just 
family struggles, you know, moments I've wanted to connect and then I haven't. Um, disappointments with church leaders. I've certainly had that. And, um, you know, I, I think most people know pastors and church leaders are not perfect, um, but there are legitimate reasons to be disappointed in certain moments that you you hope that church leaders will be godly leaders and responding to the Lord as he leads. And then I've also had institutional disappointment, um, both in the church, you know, in terms of church systems. I've just been disappointed with how some of those can get in the way of the mission of God. Also disappointments, you know, say work-wise or, you know, disappointments with government or whatever it may be. Uh, And then they get into even deeper things like death and pain, disappointment in myself. So those things can get really heavy really fast. And I use the word disappointment deliberately because I think um, those things all have pain involved, but they tend to be painful because of, like I said, a, a drop of expectation or just an overall disappointment with you're, you're living a hopeful outlook in life and then you encounter these things over and over. And, you know, just personally, I've, I've done a lot of discernment, I think, for a lot of people that are similar age to me, you know, like a millennial <laughs> age. Um, I, I think in many ways I was raised in a time, especially when I was younger, it's like everything was good, right? And I happen to be blessed with, you know, both my parents and my parents had good jobs and they worked hard and all that. And so like life was pretty chill. And I remember one of the first moments that really like cut me deep was actually when my dog died um, on Easter Sunday um, when I was younger. And it was funny because it like stands out so much in my mind because everything else was so joyful and happy. And then there was death. There was despair. There was, um, you know, this is the dog I'd like grown up with since I was like a baby. Um, and that heartbreak when I, even I was very young, I don't even remember how, I mean, I was really young. I can still vividly remember running into my parents' bedroom and lying on the floor and crying and, you know, and so disappointment can come to little kids, can come to 85 year old people. And I think the invitation the Holy Spirit has been giving me of bringing my disappointments to Jesus has been just wonderful. Just wonderful because Jesus is our teacher, our great high priest. He can reveal to us the areas we may have false expectations, but he also can be there to be a comforter, even in the midst of maybe some false expectations, or um, he can help sort out the lies. Um, And so what I wanted to do to example this is I'm just going to tell a story about a disappointment that I had recently, and uh, just I hope for you that this helps you to reflect on maybe a moment in your life um, and and something that I hope helps to emphasize why interpreting your life through the lens of the Lord is so critical. So I recently went with a group of guys. Some of you guys follow me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I went with a group of guys to Gethsemane, the Abbey of Gethsemane here in Kentucky. I've talked about this before on the podcast going there. Um, and you know, I, uh, you know, I mentioned before on a couple podcasts ago, like I've have a men's brotherhood, the Knights of the lion, um, you know, just a ragtag group of guys that I, you know, have been really praying into and, 
uh, together, we hope to come together and have a rule of life uh, to really be intentional, but full of grace for one another. Um, and we were planning this pilgrimage, this sort of retreat um, to the Abbey of Gethsemane. Some of the guys had never been there before. And, you know, so me as kind of the one of the main leaders of the group, um, you know, I had prepared by having my Bible and I'd really felt like there was a few scriptures that could speak into the um, time we had together uh, as well as, um, you know, I kind of had a route planned. You know, basically, the Abbey of Gethsemane, if you've never been, uh, there's a main monastery, um, which the monks, you know, you're welcome to go pray with the brothers, I mean. And there's also a gift shop, really amazing fudge. If you go out there, you've got to get some of their fudge. Gethsemane Farms, it's delicious. Um, and so we kind of toured around there. Uh, but then we set off on these hiking trails, and they have just tons of trails to hike on. And it's really gorgeous. And a lot of times you can get off kind of by yourself. And that's been my experience. It's been really enjoyable. And so the plan was uh, we were going to hike um, after we kind of checked out the main um, monastery area, we were going to then hike up to Cross Knob. So, you know, if you looked up a map of Gethsemane right now, Cross Knob is one of the higher points there. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, I wouldn't say mountains, but like large hills there. Um, you know, and the, the idea is we were going to kind of pilgrimage up there and, and pray as we went and, and talk about what God's been teaching us and all that. Um, and, uh, you know, and to preface this, the Friday before we left for retreat, I was really in deep prayer about just like, I felt like the Lord was speaking to say there was going to be healing. There were, there was, um, uh, this is going to be a special time for me and the guys, um, to go on this retreat. And so I had really prepared my heart and I was in a sense, like prophetically hopeful for that Saturday retreat would be a one of great joy and expectation that the Lord was going to meet us on the mountain and we would be blessed. And um, and I'll tell you, this is what happened. So I we, we ended up hiking up to that cross knob. You know, it gets real steep at the end. We get up there, and it's called a cross knob because there's this big, almost stainless steel-looking cross and then some benches so where you can look over the valley, sit at the cross, and reflect. And, you know, we had, we had packed a few snacks, so we were going to have some snacks pray together, maybe do some Lectio Divina, something like that. We get up to the top and I probably not sitting there for not even maybe three minutes. And we hear this, like these loud engines, which sounded like, you know, ATVs or dirt bikes or something. And I look over and there are two side-by-sides that are driving up the mountain on this other hill, very close to where we are. And they were loaded down with two families that were, um, you know, coming up to the top of the hill. And, you know, I mean, that wasn't totally unusual. We've seen, I've been out there and I've seen dirt bikes and I've seen, you know, hunters and different people that are just kind of going about their business. Um, but what was different this time is this family was over on the other mountain, the little hill, and they drove their side-by-sides over to where we were. And, you know, they, I'm sure, could have seen that we were sitting there. They encircled us, you know, a space not much bigger than a lot of living rooms with their side-by-sides, music blaring, they're, you know, drinking Bud Light, they're having a good time, all that. And um, then they just proceed to get out. And one of the guys, like, gets out of the vehicle and just stumbles over to us and says, you know, hey, we're locals, we won't be here very long. 
And like, I was just so stunned, like that they just drove right up to us. Have you know? I'm, I don't know if they just didn't register what the heck we were doing over there, but you know, it's like a <laughs> Cistercian Catholic monastery that we're like here praying or whatever. Um, and they like you know pulled up, and it was like there was like an entire family, like I mean, like ten people, it just showed up on the top of the mountain with music playing and Bud Light and drinks and um, snacks and cigars and stuff. And, and it was funny because like, I wasn't in that moment, like angry or anything like at them. Like I was more just like, I'm not really sure what to say. Like, you know, like we said, hello. And like, it was all friendly and stuff. I mean, we're from Kentucky, you know, we're supposed to be friendly and we hadn't quite gotten into like praying yet. So, you know, like that's something there, but, um, but it was, it was one of those things, like, if I could just be totally honest, it, it really, it really made me sad. Like, it really disappointed me. Um, and I was fighting it the whole time because I did not want to be bitter towards those people. I didn't want to be upset, but I was also just really disappointed. You know, I had come there with my guys to just have some time away in the midst of what's often just chaos of normal life. And then you know, here we go, party on top of the mountain. And I felt like I couldn't get away. And and even in a deeper sense, because I'm kind of like leading the group, I felt for them, you know, like I wanted this to be a special time. And it was, you know, I think still special in a lot of ways, but I wanted to gather more intimately with the Lord and, and quiet, you know, and I wanted that. And so I really like it felt like a deep wound in the moment. And, you know, we said some nice things to them and learned that they like owned a distillery nearby, one of the people. And, you know, it was just kind of a nice little chat. And then we just headed back down the mountain and they stayed up there, you know? And, um, and I just, when we were walking down, I talked to my um, brother-in-law, Joe, and I just said, I was like, Joe, man, I like, I don't even know what to think of that. Like I, at first I said, I'd like, I was like, you know, I think the Lord's trying to invite me to let go of this and just like, you know, enjoy that. And like, you know, and, and I was also, I, I very early on, I was already just reflecting and being like, I don't really know how to interpret that. You know, like here's this Friday evening. I was just so hopeful and so prayerful about this. And then it felt like it was just, you know, and not just because of that, there were some other things that happened that was just really distracting and confusing and, and all this stuff, but going up on the hill there to be prepared to pray, I thought was going to be a sanctuary space and it wasn't. And so, you know, we're up there and I, I really try to let it go. But I, I later, you know, after getting home and the kind of the next day passes, I realized that a question that was coming to me was, did God abandon me? You know, which I know that may sound like, oh my gosh, what a jump. You know, why you go from interrupting your prayer time to now, did God abandon me? But you got to understand like those moments when you're vulnerable and you feel like confused, you're like, Lord, like I thought this was going to be a special time that I can feel really disorienting. And so I felt like, did God abandon me? You know, I, I've started to feel this feeling of like un, being unloved. And I've sensed that the enemy was whispering lies to try to shift my interpretation of that day, you know, to try to shift it as like, you know, the Lord wasn't there with us or, 
that I was a failure leading it or whatever it might be. Um, and I felt that I felt that for like <clears throat> a good, like 48 hours. Um, and I think that's where in those moments, guys, it's important to, to go sit with the Lord quietly and just find a space. If you, if you can, you might get a side by side right up and you know, people want to offer you a Bud Light or something. Um, but if you can is sit and just say, what does the teacher have to say? What does Jesus have to say into that situation? And um, for me, some of those lessons that he was trying to say to me were honestly just too hard for me to understand in the moment. It's like I was articulating them to my brother-in-law of like needing to let that go, to not be so disappointed. But I think that was only scratching the surface. And I think the Lord prepared me and was trying to speak into that. He even spoke into that like the day before through my chiropractor. It's kind of funny. I felt like the Lord was speaking through him for me to like reflect on how my covenant with Jesus does not depend on other people. My like connection with him does not depend on the, you know, if other people interrupt it or something like that, you know, so I felt like the Lord was sowing these seeds to prepare me for this event and even prepare me. I think he knew like my disappointment that I was going to have, but I wasn't really prepared to hear it right away. Um, and I think what I realized is like disappointments can lead to doubting God's love. And that was the ultimate lie of the enemy, the ultimate, you know, sand under my feet that started quaking was it felt like I was abandoned or like, you know, the love of God wasn't there because this hard situation that had happened. Um, and obviously there's moments in life where, you know, we have a family member who we prayed for and they die, or maybe we, you know, had some other event, like a relational strife or something that those all can be a sad, like breeding ground for the enemy. And I think in those moments, like that lesson was so strong for me that, you know, for 48 hours or so, like, I just felt like, okay, well, you know, I guess like, I can't, I can't trust this or, you know, I can't hope for and pray. Like my prayers are unanswered in a sense. Um, you know, and that's, that's really how I felt. And I think, you know, just to more background too, like I've felt that way for a while. Um, cause I've really been in a crossroads of my life as far as like my leadership and wanting to know how to offer my gifts in the kingdom. And so it's felt like I've offered my gifts over and over in certain areas and it's just hit a brick wall. And it felt like a, this was like the pinnacle literally of like going up to the cross knob and then being like, wow, that, what a disappointment that was. Um, and so I'm going to give some more thought to this guys, but I really think the Lord, you know, and I just call it the return. I sat with the Lord and I reflected on it and I was like, you know, I think what it was, is one, it was just a goofy situation and it's good to laugh about and reflect on, but it's also one to recognize like the Lord was there and the Lord loves me. He loves us. And he, he, I actually saw his love even greater than if everything went perfect at Cross Knob at Gethsemane. I saw it even greater because I could see the ways that he tried to prepare me for that. He was trying to help me see that through these words he was speaking through, um, you know, my chiropractor and even through like this sermon I watched and stuff. Like there were some things like I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like the Lord, he was sowing these seeds that were meant to bring about the fruit that was going to be the maturity to be able to handle that situation. And so I felt more and I still now, like I know I'm loved by God. Um, 
because I see the ways that he was preparing me, uh, despite the fact that the situation itself may have been a little disappointing, right? Um, and so, guys, I just you know do encourage you. I hope that story was helpful, and I'm sure there's things you're thinking of that you know moments where you're just like, oh man, that was really disappointing. That it's important that we understand events from God's perspective. You know, I think it's it's really common either, like I mentioned earlier, for us to kind of dwell on our sickness, dwell on our sadness and our disappointment to the point that we cannot receive God's perspective or we can't step back and actually, you know, step in to the perspective Jesus has. What it, What is he seeing? And so when we finally do that, I think, you know, one of the things God helps us do is to unravel those moments where we don't trust his love. And so for me, that was, that was, that was the core of it is it wasn't just a matter of like, oh, like my little quiet time was ruined. It wasn't any of that. Like the thing that hurt the most in the moment was I felt unloved by God. I felt like, Lord, I, you know, was been praying about this and I felt like there was confirmation that this trip was going to be very special and there were a lot of disappointments, you know, and I just think you know, it's, it's important for every one of us to step back and interpret those things in life. And, you know, some things are going to be, say, a direct relational connection to God, you know, meaning like, you know, we're, we're praying into something, we're praying into someone's life, whatever. Or maybe there's just like a disappointment or a pain from just a relationship that we have or your job or whatever it is. Those are still things to bring to the Lord. And interpreting your life with Jesus is the best thing you can do for your soul. (laughs) It's the best thing you can do to learn to embrace yourself. It's the best thing you can do to learn to live in his purpose for your life. And probably one of my favorite ways to illustrate that lastly is by saying, you know, I think a lot of times when we have a really negative view of ourselves, it's because we aren't seeing us as God sees. You know, we, we in pride are becoming our own judges where Jesus's statement of, you know, judge lest you be judged, do not judge lest you be judged, is that that's also an invitation for us that let him be your judge. Entrust your life to him and be received and embraced in Christ. Um, And if there's things you're ashamed of or you're beat up about, go to him and recognize he is abundant in mercy and he will forgive you. And so, guys, I think it's, it's so important as you pray and you walk daily is how are you interpreting your life right now? You know, I've had a mentor ask me that and, and how you interpret events in your life really matters. If there's an event in your life you look back on and you just feel completely abandoned by God, then maybe sit in prayer, reflect on that, see and ask where God was in those moments. Or maybe there's a moment that you, you know, you, you think about and, and you just you just simply want God's perspective, then that's another reason to go into those moments and interpret your life so that you can find life. Because when you begin to interpret your life as just this grace-filled place that Jesus is walking with you and you're walking in the Holy Spirit, the Father is providing all you need, then I think that's when you really start to let go and you start to recognize that it's all going to work out, you know, 
and that the Lord is going to use you and that you can become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, not in fear, but in, in faith and trust that he will always be there. Um, and so guys, again, I encourage you that if you don't have a spiritual director, you don't have someone in your life like that, um, or maybe you just need a small group for people to help, you know, other Christians, faithful, um, you know, God loving Christians that you would, um, let them speak into your life, let them direct you and be willing to submit your views to the perspective of the Lord and perspective of trusted Christians that, um, that maybe you're viewing a situation wrongly. And that's actually something you need to let go of. So guys, I hope you've been blessed by this episode and just a little unpacking for my own life and even very recent life, you know, and just learning to give that disappointment over to the Lord. And so guys, this has been Slow Club Podcasts and I'm Carson. And as always, you can get in touch with me at slowoneclub at gmail.com. And then the last thing I'll say, guys, is, hey, if you really enjoy this podcast or any of those episodes, that I've uh, done here recently. I just invite you to maybe pray and think of a friend that you might send that to and, um, and you know, someone that you know that may be encouraged by that and, uh, and that hopefully they'll enjoy it, right? So thanks so much, guys. Until next time, God bless you.